Well, welcome to Gardening Talk back for a Monday. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. It's great to see you back in the studio, Scott. Yeah, we, we are pumped today because it's such a beautiful day out there. We're bouncing around. It's exciting. We're yes. like birds and bees, aren't we? Exactly right. Great day to be outdoors doing gardening stuff. It would be, wouldn't it? Getting the shovel out. Yep, having a bit of a sweat because it's almost 20 degrees out there. I actually did a bit of pruning yesterday. Ah, not with, with a lawnmower or something more f- fine? Oh, just with a few plants. Just cut some dead bits off. With a lawnmower or? No, not with a lawnmower. Okay. Whippersnipper. Whippersnipper. No. Oh, <laughs> so cruel. What do you got for today, Scott? Well, I hope the people that uh, have their gardens open for the Maitland Garden Ramble aren't using the same sort of techniques that uh, you use with your pruning. I'm sure they're not. So today we're going to be talking about that and we'll give away two free tickets to uh, a caller today who rings up and asks a question. We'll also talk about seaweed and bindies in your lawn. Oh, very seaweed. Yes, I thought I'd have a chat about that. Oh, now you've really poked my ears. And we've got Jerry from Belmont and he's got a few questions, one about Fertilising citrus and camellias, camellias, sorry, and also a question about asparagus. Uh, we old Camilla. She's, she's, <laughs> Camilla, that's right. Good morning, Scott. She's good been married to Prince. Good afternoon. She's been married to Prince Charles for some time now. That's right. Yeah, no comment. We'll say no more than that. <laughs> okay, I got two questions on my citrus tree and camellias, please. Yes. It, it, I know it's time for feeding them and they're all nice and healthy but I've got a really good layer of mulch around all the citrus and around the camellias and my question is, do I have to remove that mulch in order to feed them? Look, no, you don't. That, you, you can just feed uh, you know, your, your plants through the mulch. It will just leach down through over time. Yep. And uh, what you'd probably do is re-mulch back over the top of that again if you wanted to in the future. Just more, more for appearance's sake, really, than anything, I guess, just to make yep. it look nice and tidy. Uh, with camellias, a great thing to uh, mulch those with is peat moss. Okay, yep. yeah. because it actually slightly acidifies the soil. It does break down over time and feeds the plant as well, but it also provides a, a mulch as well. Now, the, I guess the only trouble with it is it can be slightly expensive. So, uh, you know, you just have to be, you know, aware of how much it's going to cost and how much you're going to use around the plant. But uh, peat moss is a, a fantastic mulch and, uh, you know, sort of semi-food for camellias. Also uh, use one of those, you know, proprietary, uh, you know, pelletised you know, specialised uh, yep. camellia foods as well, camellia and azalea food. They're quite good to use. Uh, with your citrus, they love poultry manure. Uh, so, and they, because they like slightly alkaline soil, and usually poultry manure is slightly alkaline. So give uh, your, uh, your citrus plant plenty of poultry manure and some sulphate of potash as well. Uh, try and use that regularly with the citrus because you want it to flower, you want it to fruit, and you want nice healthy fruit on there so you get your lemons and limes or oranges or whatever you're growing on there and plenty of those. So, look, yes, the, the short answer is you can, uh, you know, feed through the mulch and uh, it's just going to leach down through the soil over time and through the mulch. But if you want to, you know, tidy it up and make it look a little, little bit neater, uh, you, you just re-mulch over the top of that. What are you using as your mulch? Um, I've, I've actually got wood chip, but just a fairly fine wood chip and, and everything seemed to be really happy under it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and around it, the camellias are blooming really well, mm-hmm. and the citrus had wonderful fruit all last year, all season. Yes. Um, and it, I've given them all a haircut, but uh, everything looks really healthy. Um, I just, I just really didn't want to pull all the mulch away from the trees and the and the shrubs um, in order to feed them. 
No, no, and look, you don't have to. Uh, the camellias, of course, will love the pine bark or wood chip because it's slightly acidic as well, so they'll love that. Uh, the citrus, you know, just be careful about how much you're using it. If you use the poultry manure uh, yep. or even give it a sprinkling of lime, that will counteract, you know, the slightly acidifying effect of the pine bark around the, uh, around the citrus tree. Uh, yep. So just be ca- a little bit careful about that. Uh, you know, just monitor that the you know the uh, pH isn't you know starting to go down, and you're getting slightly acidic soil around the citrus. You don't sure. want that. You want neutral to you know slightly alkaline with your citrus plant. All right. Thank you for that. And the other question yes. is about my asparagus. Okay. Um, this is it's now just uh, I grew it from uh, seedlings. Mm-hmm. It's. Just over one year old, I cut it right back after it had died right off. I fed it with cow manure, and now the new shoots are coming through. They're coming through. They're as thick as my finger, Um, and I understand that you've got to leave them for two years before you start cutting them, and yet the, the shoots that are coming up are good enough to actually be cutting now. Should I Do I still need to leave it for two years, or... Uh, do I start cutting them? Look, t- t- I think that might have come from from the idea that if you want to grow an asparagus plant, usually they're grown from crowns, and crowns are generally one-year-old plants already that you know have been dug up and split. And then if you buy those, then you can plant those and you can start getting asparagus off it straight away. So if you've already got your plant and it's been in there for one year, uh, I think that you can actually, uh, you know, start harvesting that if you want to. You might not harvest it, you know, as much as you would, you know, in your second and yeah. third year, for instance. But if you want to take some tasty, you know, nice fresh uh, shoots out of there, certainly do that. It sounds like you're also doing the right thing uh, because uh, asparagus like a, a neutral again to slightly acidic soil. They like it sandy. They like the, you know, the full sun as well. Uh, so it sounds like you're doing really well with that plant. Well, that, all, all of those, are do, and I have a bed, and all of those are doing really well, and, and it's, it seems a shame to let these lovely shoots of asparagus grow up and not touch them at the moment. Look, I, I would. I'd, I'd give it a little um, you know, prune and, and feed on it, have a bit of a feast, yep. uh, because, uh, look, you've already got that one-year-old plant. I think that idea comes, like I said, from people wanting to you know, get a plant and get it growing and be able to pick it, and that's when you have to use that one-year-old uh, crown to make it happen. right Okay. okay, thank you very much, Scott, for your help. Thank Excellent. You. Thank you very much, Jerry. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Uh, we've got Evelyn now from Maitland, and she'd like to know how to feed a central rooster plum. How are you, Evelyn? Yes. Uh, we planted it a few weeks ago, and we were told not to feed it when we planted it. And, and, but I'm wondering what, we're just starting to get a few leaves and flowers and what we should start feeding it on. Yes, uh, it sounds like you're a husband or someone might be out the back there, uh, you with a whippersnipper yeah, or something. Uh, no, it, we're, we're in a retirement village and the gardeners have decided they're going to blow around at the minute. Oh, yes, you, you need to get out there and push them out the way and say, that's my job looking after the garden. But uh, look, with, with the Santa Rosa plum, yes, you've been told the right thing. You don't feed them as soon as you put them in the ground. And the reason for that is because uh, if you've bought it as deciduous stock or even as a plant in a pot and you go and put it in the ground and start watering it, it's going to send out fine hair roots. And to fertilise the plant That'll at that burn. time, we'll, yeah, will burn it. will burn the roots and it will go up through the plant and do it some yes, damage. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, so, look, after usually a couple of months, you can start uh, to fertilise the plant. Uh, and with the Santa Rosa plum, if it's in the ground, uh, look, I would be using some cow manure. 
and uh, just mulching around the top of the uh, the plant with that. You can also get, uh, I'm just trying to think, uh, you know, something like Bounce Back uh, or Rapid Razor. They are pelletized manures and they're generally pH neutral and they've got, you know, sulfate of potash and a whole lot of different things uh -huh. in there and they're very safe to use. You can use them about three or four times a year. Again, you just sprinkle it around the area. But if you wanted to give it some cow manure after a couple of months, you can certainly do that. And uh, just make sure you're giving it plenty of water as it uh, gets into spring and start yes, shooting. It's, it's, well, and it's very dry at the moment, isn't it? Well, it, it, it is. I mean, and I always think that, uh, you know, you lose plants at this time of year when it's quite cool, uh, and especially in the mornings. But as we're getting in through the day, you know, it's it, getting up it's to 21, warm. 22 degrees. And, That's uh, right. And then the temperatures drop right off at 4 o'clock as soon as the sun starts to go down. Mm -hmm. But, yes, it's very dry at the moment. Uh, we haven't had very much rain. Uh, look, I know they're having plenty of snow, but that doesn't seem to be carrying that up here. <laughs> it's not, not getting all the way up here. So, look, watering your garden at the moment is very, very important because you mm -hmm. will lose plants, especially if we start getting those westerly winds coming in. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much thank for thank that, you. Evelyn. You get out there, and Evelyn, and uh, help uh, help those gardeners out there. No, no, no. We, um, we're, we're in, in units in the centre, and they just come round and do the lawns uh, and okay. prune the trees and, and generally make a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like uh, Greg's uh, pruning effort on the weekend <laughs> by, by the sounds of what they're doing out there. Chilling All right, bad. thank you. <laughs> thank bye you, bye. Have a nice afternoon. Now, Scott, the Maitland Garden Rambles starting next month in September? Yes, uh, Saturday the 16th and 17th of September. Yep, and yep. we've got a couple of tickets to give away. Yeah, this a couple of free tickets. Uh, so anyone who calls up and uh, asks a really good question, yep, uh, they're going to get a couple of free tickets to go up and see the, the Garden Ramble. Very good. Not stump you, but... No, Just... no, I don't want to be stumped. I uh, want the old Dorothy Dixer. I want a nice, easy question coming my way. Uh, so, you know, one that I can just rolls off the end of my tongue and I can give an answer for and sound like I'm really, really intelligent. Right, yeah, let's hope it happens now okay. with Louise from Edgeworth because she's got a question about passion fruit. How can we help you with it, Louise? Hello, Scott. Um, I'm having trouble with my passion. I've got a yellow variety and the usual Nelly Kelly, you know, the purpley one. Yes. They have fruited very heavily in the, during winter, and the leaves are now going very, very yellow. I want to know how far back I can prune, or if I can prune, or not. Yeah, yes, you can prune, and now is probably the time to do it, uh, you know, just as we're going into spring, because that's when it's really going to start flowering as we go through September and October and into those warmer uh -huh. months, and that's when you're going to get the best result out of the fruit as well, because it ripens up better uh, when there's lots of heat, uh, you know, in the atmosphere, uh, and the sunlight's out, getting plenty of sun on the fruit and getting those sugars going up through the plant and ripening it nicely. Uh, so, yes, you can prune it now. Uh, you could probably take about a third of the plant off if you wanted to. Uh, as to why it's getting yellow leaves at the moment, it could just be dry. Uh, look, we were just talking to Evelyn from Maitland before, just about how dry it is out there at the moment. And that could be manifesting itself, uh, you know, as the yellowing leaves on the plant. So make sure you're watering it really well. Uh, so, yep, now is the time to uh, give it a good old prune And back. what about the fruit that's already on it? Get rid of that? Yeah, look, get rid of that. Uh, generally, winter, they don't ripen up very well. And we often get callers saying, you know, I've got heaps and heaps of fruit on the passion fruit. Yeah. And, you know, it's in the dead. 
been bitter. They haven't been nice. Yeah, and that gets back to that idea of, you know, needing the sunlight, uh, you know, to get those sugars fermenting inside there and getting it to ripen up nicely. So, I, I'd look, I'd pick those off because in a way they sort of stress out the plant a little bit, uh, you know, uh-huh. during winter as well. So, you might as well thin that out when you prune it. Yeah. Uh, and have... I've given it a feed of um, poultry manure. Is that all right? Uh, yes. Now, you're going to get lots of nice green leafy growth with that. Uh, so, mm-hmm. make sure you're using sulphate of potash as well to promote the fruiting yep. and flowering of the plant. It gets more mm-hmm. uh, fruit on there, flowers on there, and it also makes them much more healthy and stronger. So make sure you're doing that. So yeah, it looks certainly with the poultry uh, for the uh, nice green leafy growth. If you want to, you can uh, you know alternate with cow manure as well uh, because that uh, won't. Oh, as, okay. Yeah, there's not a mu- not as much nitrogen in cow manure, so that not you know the the poultry manure really feeds the the, the uh, passion fruit, uh, the green leafy growth. And often we get people uh, you know ringing up about that, saying I'm not getting any fruit on the passion fruit. It's all just green leafy growth. And when you start questioning them a little bit more, you know, we're like a Sherlock and uh, what's his other guy's name? Watson? Watson, yeah. Watson, yeah, Gregor. Well, yeah, Watson. And when we start questioning them a little bit more deeply, uh, it's not the Hound of the Baskervilles, but it's actually the fact that they're, you know, feeding their passion fruit with uh, too much nitrogen. So, uh, uh, yes, okay, so then. just try thank and alt- very, alternate very much. with anyway, Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thanks bye-bye. Louise. Bye-bye. And we've got Vicky from Charlestown, and she's got a question about her frangipani. How can we help you with it, Vicky? Uh, hi. Um, I have a potted frangipani and something has eaten all the tips of the branches and now they've all shriveled up. I was wondering, will it come back or have I lost it? No, you probably haven't lost it. it, it and I, I reckon that it's not something that's eaten it. I think it's just the cold weather that settles on it overnight because exactly the same th- thing happens to mine and the next-door neighbours. Uh, Oh, you know, you get the the tips of the frangipanis are still very green and soft, and it depends how you know winters, you know, how we've gone into winter. If there's still been a, a you know a fairly warm burst burst going into May and June, uh, then you can still get growth on the frangipani at that time. So as it goes into winter, it's still quite green, and then the cold settles on it. Uh, and I've noticed that some of the leaves are only still just falling off the frangipanis at the moment. Uh, yes, one of my other ones, yeah. the, the leaves are still on it. Yeah, so you can actually get that die back from the cold, just settling down through the tips of the frangipanis. Uh, look, what usually happens, I think, uh, I've never really gone and sort of tidied mine up. I just think that it's nature's way of pruning the plant. And what happens is that you start getting new growth points coming back out from where it's you know died back to. So, look, in essence, leave it. If you want to, you can try and tidy it up a little bit, uh, but generally it will just make its, uh, you know, make itself come back and uh, be healthy again once it warms up. Uh, that's great. I was just worried about having to get rid of poor little things. Yeah, look, I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's anything, uh, you know, too much to worry about. Uh, I think as the plants get bigger as well, they're, they're able to, uh, you know, control and withstand that a little bit better because they've just simply got more growth on there if uh, things are getting burnt back. But that's, that's the reason. It's just climatic. Uh, it's just, you know, how the plant's gone into winter, whether it's still nice and green and how cold the winter's been. Oh, thank you. No, I'll look after it then. Okay, um, look, and I'm sure you do anyway, Vicky. <laughs> I try. <laughs> and the only problem is they won't flower. Oh. I have three of them, and they don't flower. Great growth. Yes. Um, lots of lovely um, dark green leaves on them, but 
no flowers. Okay. Now, have you got those in pots or in the ground? I, know, I see... have two in pots oh, and one large one in the ground, and none of them flower. Okay. So I'd start using a more general all-round fertiliser with that, uh, you know, rapid razor or bounce back. Uh, depending with the ones in the pots, you could actually use a, a product called Flourish, which is a liquid fertiliser, yeah. and uh, start using that, you know, every couple of weeks, and you will certainly promote, promote flowering on that plant. Oh, that would be lovely because I would really like a flower this year. <laughs> well, if, if you know, it's, it's a sort of cheap way of going to Hawaii, isn't it? Uh, yes, yeah. I'm never going to get there, so <laughs> this is a wonderful way. <laughs> Thank you very much for your help. Okay, not a problem. You have a nice afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, Vicky. We've got Yvonne from Cessnock. And Scotch, has got a question that's right up your alley. It's about potash. Ah, how can we help you with it, Yvonne? Just a quick question, because yes. I'm, if you could just let me know how much I would put in, say, two litres of water. Okay, now that's a really difficult one to answer because you, can, you can get liquid oh. ones, yeah, yeah, you can get powdered ones, and they can no, be. No, I've got the powdered ones. Yeah, but see, they can still be varying strengths, depend on you know, depending oh, okay. on the manufacturer. So if I tell you one thing, it could be you know completely off the scale, or it could be far too weak. Do you know who the manufacturer was? Sorry? If if you know who the manufacturer was, usually you can give them a call, and they will oh, be okay. able, yeah they will give you that information. Okay, thanks very yeah, much. I, I, I don't want to give you a bum steer, Yvonne, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. Okay, cheers. Right. And we've got another Yvonne, but from Valentine, and she's got a question about a bird's nest fern, plus a couple other quick questions uh, as well. We're growing Yvonne's. How, how can we help you? Yeah. <laughs> That's an unusual name, isn't it? <laughs> Old name. Not on this show. Okay, I've got, a, yeah, I've got a bird's nest, and for the first time it's got like a brown speckle on it. Now, I don't know what it is. Uh, so, it's like brown, brown marks over it. Yeah, bird's nests can get a fungal disease. I would be inclined mm-hmm. to get a product, a fungicide uh, called copperoxychloride. It's a sort of a blue powder, and you mix it up uh, into a into a spray, and you spray that all over the plant. Now, once the plant's damaged like that, it's probably mm-hmm. not going to repair it. Well, it won't repair okay. it. I can say that you know categorically, mm-hmm. uh, but it will protect any new uh, you know uh, okay. leaves coming out from the top of the plant. And what's that called again? It's copper oxychloride. It's a, fun- okay. it's a fungicide, yeah. It is the best one okay. to use, yeah. Right. I've got a tipicina here that I want to actually trim, but it's still flowering and producing buds, and that's not a good time to, to trim it, is it? No, look, generally it's not. Uh, tipicinas will flower soonish as we get into the warmer months, so wait until it finishes flowering and budding, and then you can give it a really, really good hard cutback if you want to. Tibetan is one of the a plant you can just almost prune back down to the ground and they'll yes. come back very, very strong. Yeah, I have got another one I did and it, that comes back really lovely. Just one small little question. Absolutely, I've got yeah. a French, French penny that uh, it's a beautiful orange one that I've actually slipped um, and I'm treating it like a baby. I bring it in every night and, and it's out in the sun. But it'll be probably three months since I've slipped it in October. So is that a good time to put it in the garden? Yes, that, that should have dried out by then and that'll be a fine time to do it. Uh, it'll be warm enough as well at night and, uh, yeah. you know, spring's almost here and gone by, you know, by that time. So, uh, yeah, fine to do it then. Right, I'm still just watering once a week. Is that enough in yeah. the sun? Uh, look, at, that, right. at, at the way it is at the moment, yeah. you know, with no shoots, that should be fine. Okay, so when I do take it out the pot, which is the best way to do it to not disturb the roots? Yeah, so look, what we usually do is you get the pot in your hand and put your, yep. sort of your fingers around the, the base of the plant if you can and spread them yep. out as much as possible and then just have your whole dug and everything ready and then just yep. whip it upside down and usually you can just, you know, sort of pop the pot off 
in that upside mm-hmm. down position, and mm-hmm. it probably you know probably the roots won't have spread out enough. Some of that soil is obviously going to fall away. But then right. you know try and hold as much of that soil as possible, whack yeah. it straight into the ground, and then fill it all back in. Okay, I have actually put potty mixture in half sand. That's what I was told to do. So I'll just probably wet it before I try to take it out of the pot. Yeah, that, that's fine. Do yeah. that. Yeah, they yeah. do like a well-drained soil. So yeah. the mix that you've made up sounds perfect. It might be that you get a small stake in, as well and just stake mm-hmm. it for the first couple of months. Uh, okay. Because you know, those roots won't be very strong. And if we get any, you know, you know, large winds, you don't want it blowing over and damaging the roots. So do just stake it lightly. Uh, yeah, I have I... actually tied it together yes. um, while it's in the pot, but once I put in the garden, I have to do the same. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank you very much. You've been a great help. Not a problem. And remember, thank... anyone who calls up today asking a question goes into the uh, draw to get uh, two free tickets to the Maitland Garden Ramble. Exactly right. Well, there which you is... go. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> Beautiful. Bye-bye. Thank you. And you're not going to believe this. We've got another Yvonne on the line. From oh. This time from a new lamp, and that's three. I, can't, I have not scored a trifecta like this since uh, Caulfield in uh, 1998. <laughs> and she's got a question about her lawn. How can we help you, the third Yvonne? Um, it's on behalf of my daughter who lives at Edgeworth. Yes. Now, she's poisoned all the, the lawn, mostly the clover, <clears throat> with Bindi. And she's on her own at the moment, so... She wants to know what does she do first? Does she feed it, top dress it, and there's also brown patches. And it's, oh, I can't think of it. It's one of those lawns that grow as you watch it, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, yeah, she doesn't know what to do first, so. No, no, that's, that's all right. We, we can help out. We can help out. So Good. she has done the right thing. She's got rid of, uh, you know, all the bindies and everything. And that's, yes. that's important yep. to do before you feed it or top dress it because it's no use actually, you know, helping the bindies along uh, by feeding it. The great thing about top dressing is it actually feeds it at the same time because most top dressers oh. that you get from landscape places have plenty of poultry manure in them and that's what the lawn loves. So Okay. If if someone okay. if you go and top dress your lawn, effectively you're going to be feeding it at the same time. It only has to be a very light smear over the top. You know, it mm. doesn't have to be shovelfuls and shovelfuls all over the uh, lawn. Uh, so I, I would do that. Uh, just give it a good old top dress, and then later on in the year, you know, f- you know, November or December, if she wanted to, then she could uh, give it uh, a further uh, fertilise if she wanted to. And then generally uh, in March, you give it a fertilise just to try and get it through winter again. Okay. Is there any any particular name thingy that uh, she top dresses it with? Oh no! Look, you just go to your landscape supply place and just mm-hmm. ask for a top dress, and they'll have a. Usually, it's a mix of a sandy loam and uh, poultry manure. Oh great! Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Yvonne. Uh, is your daughter's name Yvonne as well? That, that would just <laughs> no, no, no. Uh... She's a Sally. <laughs> That's my mother's fault, I tell you. (laughs) Lovely name, but uh, we were hoping for four in a row there. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thanks, Yvonne. Have a nice afternoon. Thanks, Yvonne. We've got Janice from Warners Bay, and she's got a question about an orchid. How can we help you with it, Janice? Oh, it seems that we've lost Janice. No, okay. She might be uh, down uh, getting a name change to Yvonne by deep pole. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to be that fourth person. She wants to be that fourth person. She said, I'm not going to ring up until my name's Yvonne, so... Fair enough. Well, it is Gardening Talk back if you would like to give us a call on 49216216. And Scott, I think we'll work out who we're going to give those 
two tickets away for as well. Yes, we're going to do that right now. Alan. I think we'll have a think, and then we'll come back and do. Um, yeah, okay. We'll think about who was really, really nice to us. No. <laughs> <laughs> we random about it. So we've got Tim from Georgetown, and he's got a question about an avocado tree, a miniature avocado tree. I should Ooh, say. a little baby hey. avocado tree. How can we help you, mate? Yeah, look, uh, we, my wife and I planted the tree uh, just at the end of April, um, and it seemed to be going along okay through the winter. It's sort of in half sunshine. As soon as sun, summer comes, it'll be in full sun. But the leaves are going brand. You can see they're visibly starting to sort of almost die back, and I'm we're worried we're going to lose it. Yeah, look, I, I think it may well just be winter. And what we were talking about before, of course, uh, you know, being quite dry as well. So I've been making sure that it's well watered uh, and just look some mulch around it as well, not up against the trunk to always just pull it back from away from the trunk, but mulch it, make sure it's well watered and cross your fingers and I hope that it warms up and those nights start getting warmer a bit soon. Okay. Is there any particular uh, feed it should have uh, different to any of the other plants, you know, like sea salt, that type of thing? Yeah, look, sea salt, it's always a great fertiliser for the root system of the plant, but as far as the growth and the fruiting, it doesn't help those, you know, sort of per se. Uh, it will help, you know, create a healthier plant. So you can use a, a product like a Bounce Back or Rapid Razor. They're all-round fertilisers. They're pelletised. Uh, they're slow release. You can just sprinkle them around. and You just use them about three or four times a year, and they're nice and safe to use. And, uh, yeah, just plenty of water with your avocado. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. Okay. Not a problem. Thank you. Thanks for that, Tim. Cheers. And we've got Janice. She's from Waters Bay. She's back. <laughs> Fingers crossed this time. How are you doing, Janice? Yes, I'm fine. We got cut off. Oh, that's, <laughs> well, we won't blame our uh, tele- telephone provider for that. <laughs> How can we help you? Oh, my question is uh, Stan Hope here. Yes. Um, just how often are they supposed to flower? Yeah, look, they're only meant to flower once a year. What sort of luck have you been having? Well, I bought it flowering, mm-hmm. and that's just about 12 months ago now. Yes. And uh, I'm patiently waiting to see it poke its head out, but yeah. I don't know to no avail yet. No, no, that's all right. So it won't have flowered yet anyway. They are a, a plant that uh, produces their flowers in summer, so it's still sort of coming along. Uh, so don't don't be too concerned. Just make sure you're looking after it. They like well-drained soil uh, because they're epiphyllites. They're plants that actually, you know, usually in the rainforest cling onto the branches of trees. So make sure you've got it in a nice uh, orchid mix. And uh, just get a an orchid fertiliser and uh, lightly fertilise it with that. And uh, hopefully as we come around to the warmer months, it'll start to flower for you. I hope so. I've given it a warning. <laughs> no, no. Look, it, it, you'd be asking it to uh, flower a little bit prematurely at the moment. They are oh. a, a warm climate flowering plant. Yeah, even though I bought it about this time, 12 months ago. Yeah. Now, uh, pardon me, what you have to think is that, uh, you know, that might have been in a glass house or some sort of hot house to get it to uh, flower like that. Because they're, they're native to South America, uh, you know, in the rainforest. So, you know, you can imagine how hot and humid it is over there. I've never been there myself. Uh, but uh, obviously we haven't got those conditions at the moment. So for you to have bought it uh, flowering, it might have been brought down from Queensland somewhere or it could have been in a hothouse. So, uh, yep, just uh, don't, don't, if the plant's looking healthy, don't get rid of it. Uh, hang on until we get to those warmer months here in Newcastle. Okay, then. Thank okay. you very much. It'll all be okay, Janice. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, Janice. Scott, I think we've got time for one more call for Gardening Talkback today. Okay. And we've got Wayne from Thornton. And he's got a question for me to lemon tree. How can we help you, Wayne? Yes, hello, Scott. Um, I'm just wondering where to, po- to position the tree in the backyard. Um, my wife wants to put it in the corner 
of the fence, and I'm concerned that the colour bond will be too hot. Look, citrus trees prefer the full sun. They like that warmth. Uh, again, it depends on what colour your colour bond fence is. If it's that, uh, you know, that, that beigey sort of colour, I don't think that would be an issue. If you start going for the darker colours, uh, then you're obviously going to get a lot more radiant heat, uh, you know, being absorbed into those and coming back onto the plant. Uh, but you've got to remember that a citrus plant gets, you know, fairly big anyway. Uh, you want to give it some room to grow. So even if you're sticking it in the corner of the yard, you wouldn't be putting it right up against the fence anyway you'd probably be you know situating it uh, you know at least a meter and a half to two meters away from the fence yeah. to, to give that plant some space to grow and if you're situating it that far away from the fence I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that it's more you don't want a citrus plant in shade you definitely want it to be in the full sun uh, would it be best for the morning sun or the afternoon sun? No, in the afternoon, it'll probably get the shade of the house. Uh, look, best in the, you want the full afternoon sun on a citrus plant uh, yes. because you want it to uh, fruit um, you know, best. And the other thing you find out with uh, most plants that require full sun, if you start putting them into you know, graduating levels of shade, they become far more susceptible to uh, fungal disease and insect attacks as well. So full sun's going to be far the best or you know, as much afternoon sun as you can get uh, for your plant. Yes. That was it. Thank you. Okay. Have a nice afternoon, Wayne. Thank you, Scott. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Just bye-bye. Thank you very much, Wayne. Um, that's all we've got time for. I've Gardening Talk back this Monday, but before we do go... Should we spin the wheel? Spin the wheel of... We've just got the old fan over there and we've just put people's names on it, so we'll turn it on for a couple of seconds and, and see, turn it back off again. see which one flicks off before it hits us in the eye. You had some good calls today, though, Scott. I, I, we did, and I reckon if we hearken our mind back to the top of the hour... When it all began. When it all began, that saga began. What about Jerry from Belmont? I think that's a good decision. Jerry from Belmont, yep. two tickets to the Maitland Garden Ramble. Yep, so if he uh, gives us a call, we'll be able to sort that out. Rightio, thank you very much. Congratulations to you, Jerry from Belmont. Scott Sharp. Have That's a nice, it. And have a nice week. You too. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.